fam. Hope you're having a good day. Feeling God's loving gaze on you as you listen to this podcast while you drive or do dishes or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, this teaching is for our Become Like Jesus class, and today we're going to look at the next discipline, simplicity. Uh, sorry, this podcast is a little bit late coming out. I have, as you can probably tell, uh, I have a little bit of a cold, and I was hoping it would go away before I had to record this, but alas, here we are. Hopefully you can make out what I'm saying. Uh, the discipline of simplicity is one of my favorites. It's one that uh, has brought a ton of fruit in my life, and probably, honestly, the one that on just like a lived experience level has increased my enjoyment of life the most. Uh, but the discipline of simplicity is probably also, you know, one of the broadest and complex and uh, person-specific disciplines, I think, out of the eight core disciplines we're going to look at in the class. And that'll probably be clear as we go. So let's dive in. Uh, the key verse for the practice or the discipline of simplicity is Matthew six thirty-three, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The essence of simplicity is to very intentionally think about all aspects of our lives and consider how we can seek the kingdom of God. Jesus's words here are really an extravagant promise if you hear what he's saying. Uh, we, we can grab hold of this and take it to the bank and seek first the kingdom and then trust him that all these things uh, that he just got done talking about, food, clothing, shelter, the cares of life, they'll be added to you. They'll be taken care of. He, he juxtaposes the, the life of a child of God against those outside the family of God, how the pagans live. They scheme and strive and stress about all these things. Like it consumes their lives, even if they have a, have a lot of them. Like it's not a, a scarcity thing. It's like they want better, faster, nicer, you know, fancier, whatever, clothes, food, housing. Uh, and we live into our identity as beloved children uh, of God, knowing that we'll be taken care of. Uh, but that, of course, is much easier said than lived. It's uh, much easier to believe in our heads than to experience in our hearts. Another parable from Jesus that shows the necessity of simplicity is Matthew thirteen twenty three. In Matthew 13, uh, verse 22 in particular, it, in the context, Jesus is explaining the parable of the sower and the four types of soil of the, that the seed of the kingdom might land on. And he says this, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word, and it proves unfruitful. This is a direct connection to what we're focusing on in our class, our, our Become Like Jesus class. The, the anxieties and wealth of the world can choke out the, the capacity we have to become like Jesus. It can choke out our relationship with Jesus, and we won't grow, we won't see fruit. It's so profound to me that he's not saying like heroin and Bentleys uh, or whatever. It's just the normal cares of the world, the lure of wealth, the promise of uh, the false promises of money. And then, you know, just the stress of life, you know, money crowds out, preoccupies us and it crowds out the fruit that we long to see becoming people of love and peace and joy uh, that we want to become as we age. We could talk about a lot of other passages, like I think about Hebrews, where it talks about like throw every throw off everything that hinders, uh, all kinds of stuff. But hopefully that's enough uh, for now, and we, let's just dive into the the discipline. Here's a working definition of simplicity: embracing limits so we are free to live joyfully in the kingdom of Jesus. 
embracing limits so we are free to live joyfully in the kingdom of lim- uh, uh, kingdom of Jesus. The 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 verb there is uh, embracing and then living joyfully. And there's five categories uh, to consider in our lives when it comes to embracing limits. Five areas to consider uh, the, these limits. It's uh, and the the acronym to help you remember is WePal. Words, activities, possessions, expenses, and luxuries. W A P E L. WePal. Uh, we live in a, a strange time in human history, uh, at least in the U.S., where materially and comfort-wise we are doing better than any other point in, in human history. I mean, you know, a college freshman at the dining hall literally eats better than most kings did throughout uh, most of human history. I mean, all-you-can-eat pineapple in Michigan in January or February, whatever month we're in, you know, like that's crazy. Uh, you know, like you, if you were the richest person in the world living in Michigan, you know, 200 years ago, you probably couldn't get pineapple. All of the trends uh, that we see in our life for quantity and size of stuff have exponentially increased. You know, you see that like luxury creep, like it used to be fancy to have cable television or whatever, and then everybody got it. And of course, we're past that with streaming services or whatever. Now, you know, you just have like wait for your show to come on and sit through commercials. Now you can you know binge watch everything all the time. Uh, or you know, our house sizes have changed. When I walk around my neighborhood here on the west side, like I walk down the the eight hundred block of California, the street I live on, there's like this entire row of these houses built probably in the '60s or so, and they're all the same. These little rectangular ranch homes that I think are about eight hundred square feet. Uh, it's just mind blowing that not that long ago people would choose to buy and build homes that size. Uh, I read uh, in the 60s, the average home size was 960 square feet. And now nationwide in the U.S., the average home size is 2,600 square feet. It almost tripled. Uh, And we could talk about trends, I think, in almost all these categories. We're busier than ever with all kinds of of activities. Uh, We we have entertainment, luxury at our disposal like never before. You know, spending expenses, you know, Americans, uh, last I checked, spend $102 for every $100 that they make. And words, you know, I mean, we have all these different ways of self-expression. We're putting more and more of our words out there. Uh, generally speaking, obviously, these five categories of simplicity are not bad. You know, they, they're in many ways, they're, they're necessary and they can be used uh, for good kingdom purposes or whatever. But I would say that these categories are not neutral. They're not just like, oh, yeah, take it or leave it, or, you know, it's just a a hammer you can use for good or ill. I think all of these things, when they are in our life, are a liability. They're dangerous. I mean, James is uh, teaching on words, you know, it talks about like it's a fire that can like burn everything to the ground. And uh, it, it can be an asset. It can be. It's powerful. It can be used to seek first the kingdom. Uh, but if we don't it very carefully uh, consider how we live, you know, be careful how you live, not as unwise, uh, but as wise, not as simpletons, uh, but as wise people, as Ephesians 5 says, uh, in, in regard to these things, I think it, these things will, will distract us from joyfully living in the kingdom of God, choke out uh, the fruit we want to see in our lives. You know, the goal of simplicity is to create space to cultivate loving God with all of our being, heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
uh, cultivate space uh, for the, the Holy Spirit to, to let us treasure God above everything else. That's the point. Um, you know, so some of these uh, limits that we'll talk about might be on trend now. You know, it's hipster to have a capsule wardrobe and ultra modern uncluttered design. Uh, I deeply love all of that stuff and I think it could be helpful. But uh, the point is getting to our hearts. The point is not to be on trend. Uh, we talked about our heart body loop. Uh, you guys are probably sick of hearing me talk about that. But, you know, what we do with their bodies affects our hearts. And so if we want to, you know, treasure the kingdom, treasure God, uh, we got to do stuff with our bodies and, and uh, just have a single eye for God in his kingdom. Use our bodies to cultivate that single eye, that like centered life on who God is, who we are, and experiencing life with him. Because, you know, it'd be silly to say that, yeah, I want to seek first the kingdom of God, but have no actual plan to do that. You know, hoping it, hoping it happens miraculously. I'm going to fill my life with all this stuff that distracts me. Movies and news and, you know, to- like boats and jet skis that I always have to maintain. Uh, you know, all these things that are proclaiming a different kingdom, a different, you know, gospel or message of uh, invitation to a good life. Uh, so simplicity is just a way that we create space for the spirit to cultivate love. So let's dive into each of these categories, and we can d- discuss it more when we get together on Wednesday. Start with words. This one uh, destroys me every time I think about it. Uh, as someone who, like, I guess, kind of gets paid to talk, uh, this is very, very, very weighty. Um, but you know, when our hearts are divided. Uh, we're not single-mindedly for the kingdom. Often our words become cluttered. We want the kingdom, but we also want everyone to like us. And our words become cluttered as we, you know, word vomit to try to appease people. We want life with God, but we also want to be right and get the last word in in every conversation or discussion. Uh, we, we want life with God, but we also want to avoid conflicts at all costs. So we, you know, we, we share all these words and contradict ourselves or, you know, change our message or whatever. Uh, we want the kingdom, but we're just afraid of silence and being alone. We talked about that last week uh, when we were discussing silence and solitude. And so, you know, we, it's so tempting to just squash everything with words. We ramble, we contradict ourselves. We make statements we don't really mean. We flatter other people and pander to them. We say like little little things that try to control people or manipulate the circumstances. And this is super weighty. Uh, I remember that this is one of the practices that's like been so powerful for me. And some one time it was forced on me. Uh, I did you know seminary and worked at a church in Louisville. Had really sweet community and friends there. And then we moved to Big Rapids. And I was going back there for the first time a year or two after I moved. It was it was the first time I'd get to see all my friends. And like two days before we went down there for this conference and to see my friends, I lost my voice almost completely. Uh, so the whole time I was down there, I could like barely talk. It, it took a lot of effort to try to get words out. And it required like everyone around me to be quiet and listen carefully I just remember sitting at dinner with some friends at a loud restaurant and not really being able to talk uh, and just feeling so anxious that they wouldn't want to be my friends anymore if I didn't ask them profound questions and tell funny, impressive stories or, or whatever. Um, the experience, it was, it was pretty blistering revelation. It showed me the degree to which I use words to validate myself. 
And so one practice of simplicity is to simply pay attention to how we talk, how much we talk, why we're talking when we're talking, and when we're inclined to fill the space just with, you know, with words and what we're feeling when we feel the need to talk and all that stuff. Those are just really great questions. And, and just intentionally seek to talk less. Or instead of making a statement, try to phrase it into a question that invites the other person to speak more while you listen. And um, of course, there's a lot of like really beautiful benefits to that on a relational level. And it's like asking questions is how you build trust and create intimacy, all that stuff. The next aspect of simplicity uh, is our expenses. If we're going in order, uh, the things we spend money on uh, that we, maybe we could do without to have more money and time for participating in the kingdom of God. You know, maybe it's something little like canceling some streaming services, or maybe it's something big like selling a car or a boat or you know whatever. Uh, get, getting some, getting something cheaper. Uh, you know, again, you don't have to do any of that. I'm not coming after your streaming services or your boat. Uh, but the, the idea is, you know, where your money is, there your heart is. And if something in our expenses is just kind of crowding out, like we got to work extra to, to pay the bills or we're just uh, distracted by, it, you know, that the actual expense is, um, you know, crowding out our, our attention or whatever. Or maybe we're being convicted of needing to give more. And so... You know, simplicity uh, is very closely connected with generosity. As we simplify our lifestyles, we will have more and more resources uh, to be uh, to be generous with. Um, so, when we look at our bank statements, what we spend money on, uh, we can you know get a, a really uh, clear glimpse of you know where our hearts are, and we can make really clear, concrete choices. I mean, money is just so such a concrete thing. Um, in our daily lives, then and, and we can pray. You know, do that with a prayer that our heart will follow after. It's like, it's a uh, like to play on the the sower metaphor. It's like sowing seeds. So next uh, area is possessions. This can look many different ways. Uh, maybe it's just actually taking time to do a goodwill run uh, and simplify just the like quantity of items in your house. It's just a weird time to be alive where, like, if we don't actively fight it, uh, stuff accumulates, you know? We just, like, we have enough space in our houses, and even if you, I don't know, you have to actively purge is what I've what, what I've learned. Knickknacks and presents we don't like but hang on to because we don't want to offend the person or, well, you know, whatever. This is, simplicity of pos- possessions is, is diff- different from organizing. I love organizing. I love efficient systems. Marie Kondo, all that stuff. But simplicity, again, is like targeting the heart and is trying to lessen the time and energy and just like mental space that uh, our stuff takes up. Because, you know, it, 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 even organizing can kind of be about possessions. Even as you're like about less possessions, you still are like focused or obsessed with, you know, uh, wh- where your stuff goes or organizing systems. Like they can be just as distracting as like constantly online shopping. For things you don't need, um, but, you know, we can get rid of things in the kitchen so we can cook more easily or clean up quicker, or we can simplify our wardrobe so we just wear, you know, the same outfits on each day of the week. Uh, you know, we don't have to think about what we're wearing every morning. Steve Jobs, you know, was famous for you know his iconic look: black turtlenecks and jeans and white sneakers. He he wore the same thing every day because in his mind, it was simpler. Like it allowed him to seek first the kingdom of Apple technology uh, taking over the world or whatever. 
there's lots of really cool things you can do with uh, with simplicity when it comes to possessions. Uh, you just ask questions. Are there things that you feel like are owning you? Like if you were to embrace simplicity in some area, would that free up time and mental space? The next is activities. Uh, we can simplify our calendars, uh, or simplify our activities to free up time for what matters most, for seeking first the kingdom, living joyfully in the kingdom. So busyness, you know, you can think of it like a cluttered schedule, you know? It's, it's funny because... I don't know. I haven't studied this, but it seems like maybe the people who are the harshest on people on hoarders are the people who have the messiest calendars or the busiest. Um, you can think of hoard, uh, like busyness as like having a like cluttered schedule or a messy calendar. Um, and it can come from a divided heart. You know, there's all kinds of soul care, heart level issues that would come play into why we would be so busy, why our calendars would look like some kind of, you know, hoarder's paradise or whatever. Maybe we're not able to say no, or maybe we're not able to trust God with working less. Maybe we're not able to, you know, have the courage to delegate something, um, or we're too prideful to ask for help. These are huge heart issues, huge relational issues that we might not even be aware that we have. And so we can address them or invite God to search us and know us by, uh, you know, experimenting with simplicity in uh, our activities and clearing out our cluttered calendar. You know, create more white space, like have set times that can't be booked with anything and, you know, see what happens or, or that, that force you to say no. Uh, and, and just like on a, like, naked self-interest level, you know, Frazzle doesn't look good on any of us, you know, like, I don't I mean, maybe in some subcultures or maybe I'm weird, but like someone, you know, comes up to me and they're just like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so frazzled, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's like, that's not impressive. I'm like, but you know, I'm sorry that that's your life. And, and this is, I, I shouldn't talk about other people because you can ask Camille, frazzled uh, looks very bad on me. But what if, you know, you're with activities is tricky, especially if you're church people, because, you know, we might be doing lots of kingdom things that that clutter up our schedule. Um, I'll just throw out there, you know, you're too busy doing church or kingdom related things. You know, if you're feeling a little resentful, you're not feeling joy in the participation. You know, it doesn't feel like it's flowing from life, but you're going to it for life or you're starting to, you know, judge other people getting a little grumbly about what you're doing and other people not working as hard and all that stuff. Because we got to remember, Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. Uh, that's not to say things won't get painful or hard or we don't have to show up to things uh, to be a part of the church that uh, we'd rather not. But it is to say that there's a way to have a lightness of soul, even in heavy kingdom work, uh, embracing rest, embracing space to uh, be filled up uh, by God and life-giving rhythms as we're in the labors of the kingdom. Lastly, in our WePow little acronym is luxuries, uh, limiting our luxuries to be freed up and live joyfully in the kingdom of God. So this might be certain foods, uh, that bourbon nightcap, or, you know, God forbid, coffee in the morning. I was talking to another pastor a while ago, recent, uh, it wasn't recent, it was a while ago, uh, about he regularly does stretches where he and his family, they just like do rice and beans uh, for a, a while to simplify cooking. They don't have to think about what they're going to make and it's, you know, it's enough to keep them going, but not, you know, and then just an invitation to look to God uh, for pleasure there. 
you know, one thing to throw out there, like one example is to, uh, you know, forego complicated, expensive vacations. Uh, this is different than like rest, you know, and, and time away. Like I'm a hundred percent for taking vacations for rest and time away, but you know, there's like that type of vacation, especially with kids, you know, that like pretty much requires a vacation when you get back. Um, you know, we, we all have lots of luxuries, uh, that we could consider, um, and here you, you just like try for a stretch or a season, you know, it's not like give up coffee for the rest of your life or whatever, but you know, you can give up a luxury for a season and like give the money we would have spent on that luxury to, to poor people. Um, like one thing that I've kind of played around with in my life is, uh, you know, just like spending money on drinks. Uh, you know, the poorest billion people in the world live on less than $2 a day. You know, I can drink like 75 cents worth of LaCroix a day. And of course, LaCroix isn't a sin. And you know, I'm not saying no Christian should drink it. But, you know, 75 cents a day of LaCroix plus coffee, like I'm pretty much drinking what the bottom billion are, you know, living on each day or whatever. And so, you know, like... There's been times where I just save those treats for Sabbath or whatever and try to give more money away that I would have spent on that. So that's an overview of simplicity. Uh, there'll be a lot to talk about when we get together on Wednesday because, like I said, this is there's uh, all kinds of ways to practice this. And, you know, some practices of simplicity wouldn't even be hard for people. Like, it's kind of obvious. Like, I'm not a doer. I like not having anything on my calendar. And so... Uh, you know, that, that might not be for you, but then uh, maybe, you, you know, you might have to look more at your cluttered closet or whatever. Simplicity comes from everyone, uh, comes for everyone. Uh, no, no one escapes there. Uh, they, whether it's words, possessions, expenses, activities, or luxuries, uh, it's really easy to find one or two of those things that we don't struggle with. Like, you know, a lot of people like revel in how like non-luxurious they are. Like I'm down to earth. I'm not a fancy person, you know, or whatever, but then you know, we like have our closets packed with like junk, you know, that we don't need or, or, or whatever, um, you know, clean houses, cluttered schedules, quiet mouths and a time consuming shopping, shopping habit. You know, we, we have the areas where we're like good and then areas where our soul is finding a way out. So, uh, and I, I also hope you can see that this is just a powerhouse for transformation. This can like, because it's so person specific, it can kind of be like a scalpel, and kind of really get to some nitty gritty parts of our, our hearts and see what the Holy Spirit does. But the key idea with simplicity and practice is experimentation. Very rarely, I think, in, in my limited experience uh, in, in this journey, is do you do a simplicity practice like for the rest of your life? There, you know, there might be some uh, that, that are pretty long term or whatever, but it's so deep and wide reaching that it, it can be really helpful to just like play around with things for a time, you know, like what happens if I cut out TV for a month, you know, like that cut out the luxury of, you know, just vegging at night and do something different. You know, it's not like you, it, it, it takes a lot of the pressure off, you know, you don't have to like commit to a simplicity practice and like say goodbye to something that is enjoyable, you know, uh, for the rest of your life. You know, maybe it's cutting out alcohol, just play around and you know, cut out that for a while or, you you know, do a break from coffee or, you know, take a break from, you know, doing some activity that you've done for a while or, you know, delete social media um, for a while. And uh, I would say, uh, we, we mentioned this last week, I think Kevin brought it up, the phone uh, is, is one of the key areas where we need to embrace limits uh, of simplicity. I mean, there's all, 
all kinds of, um, pretty much almost every five, all five of these categories can uh, exist in our relationship to our phone. Like whether it's words and like how much we're like sharing or tweeting or even even reading, uh, just like the input there. Uh, obviously, we can shop on our phones. Like our phone can be like a, a treat, you know, a luxury, an escape, whether it's a game or YouTube or TV or, or, or something like that. It's an, it's an expense data plans you know it's like isn't it crazy that you know 15 years ago none of us felt like we had extra money lying around but like the entire world has figured out how to like buy these little handheld supercomputers and pay a monthly fee <laughs> for it and stuff it's just kind of crazy so anyways the, we could talk a lot about that that could almost be it's an entire own uh episode on just like ways to limit our interaction with our phone and the distraction there but uh, I hope there's a lot to uh, th that gives you a lot to think about, and we'll have a lot to discuss on Wednesday. Uh, but I, uh, what I found, and I pray this is true for you, that the practice of simplicity becomes super fun. Uh, you get begin to just see all these areas of your life that are now really sweet opportunities to to grow and just play around with. And there's no guilt or shame, no pressure, only invitation. Uh, all of us have hearts that are being transformed by grace one degree of glory to another as we behold Christ uh, in Christ's work on the cross. You are beloved. You already have all the riches of the kingdom and he's not mad or frustrated with you. There's just an invitation. Uh, to end, let me just read my favorite parable of all time from Jesus in Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That's all for today. Let's buy the field, fam. Love you guys. See you on Wednesday. <laughs>